Welcome to the EquipCast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders to transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we've got a special episode today. We're, we're doing a follow-up. We're going to follow up with Father Jeff. Uh, a few episodes back, we talked about the Thanksgiving outreach that the St. Joan of Arc and St. Thomas More communities uh, were going to be doing. And uh, we're going to follow up and just kind of look at like, how'd that go? I, I believe it was your 3G event. Is that right, Father? Right. The 3G event. So kind of a back to basics prayer service. And the 3Gs were gather and have some gratitude and to give back. 3Gs. For a second, I thought you were like into like cell phone networks or something like that. I was kind of just playing on that. Uh, like 3G was a more basic time. And I think you got to get back to the fundamentals, the, the blocking and tackling of life, which is to say please and thank you. And it was just a time to just, let's just do something simple, give thanks to God, and to give back, you know, all the things our, our parents taught us when we were kids. Okay, so like remind us, what was the goal of this event and kind of like the rough outline of it? Yeah, so I'll just describe what it was first. So on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, instead of just having your typical Catholic mass that you might have, it was really designed to be a prayer service, not so much a praise and worship, but some, some prayer and some worship, but really just to have an event that you could invite your non-Catholic friends to and not feel a little awkward mm. or like, well, hey, you kneel at this time, you stand at this. Something that somebody could say yes to. And also you would bring a food item or an item for Bethlehem House. We know that our food pantries are in dire need of things. And, and we just know that there's a lot of people without jobs right now. So it was like kind of an easy pitch. And so it's like, it's like a, a food drive, item drive, plus a low-key, easy-access yes. celebration of gratitude? Yep, just an opening hymn, How Great Thou Art, in a fresh kind of contemporary way. And, and then basically a 15-minute message on gratitude, on, you know, like, what are the, the healthy things? What does science say about gratitude? So really some fascinating uh, studies out there about grateful people are different than ungrateful people. They're usually mm, happier. Cool. They're usually healthier, better relationships better hairlines. I don't know. I'm making that stuff up. (laughs) Well, because I was getting interested with that last one. I was like, oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Uh, So yeah, kind of a 15 minute message because I didn't want to like go too long. It was a message about kind of the science of gratitude, but then also got a little bit personal. Just kind of talked about the things I was grateful for and then jumped into kind of a, I would say a, a seven and a half minute reflection meditation on gratitude. So just mm. in inviting people to close their eyes, take a deep breath, relax, open up the palms of your hands if you want, and think about like that which is right in front of you. You know, look at the, the building, the people around you, just like sometimes we live in our heads for so long and then just really think about all that's around you and just pray in gratitude. And for this Lord, we are thankful. So just kind of leading in the, there's about five different topics, you know, like whether it's helping it was people slow down. Yeah, exactly. So instead of going with the breadth of all the things you could be thankful for, uh, taking them into some depth of like, Mm. let's just narrow in on a few things and then go deep with it. And also just reminding people that they're good. You know, you're good and God loves it. Like you were created good and don't forget that and be grateful that you're good and that you were 
able to use your painful experiences, but also your joyful experiences. Those things that God has given you to be grateful for those and that you can, you can be healed of your pain and you can, you can heal other people's pain and just to be grateful for yourself. So it's just a very, I would say, not Catholic-y at all. So your typical, I would say, Druid, not that anybody knows any druids, but you know, you're, you're somebody who doesn't really- It's been really... a while. We've lost touch. I've lost touch with all of my druid friends. But yeah, someone with no Catholic background wouldn't feel lost or intimidated. Or somebody who has had a bad experience in Catholicism wouldn't sure. feel like, ugh, same old, same old. More just like, you know, if you believe in Jesus, awesome. If you believe in the universe, awesome. You believe in karma, whatever. You're so welcome here. This is going to fit for anybody because it's just really human to be grateful and it's really human to want to give back. I mean, you're trying to use gratitude as a bridge to the gospel. Father, would you describe the message? Would you say you were like proclaiming the gospel or is it a little bit more, it's kind of like a pre-gospel type thing? Yeah, we would call it pre-evangelization. So just your basic, what does it mean to be human and the fullness of humanity, the aches and pains that we have, and just to take a moment to rest and relax in a very human way, but also in a spiritual way. And hopefully, right, you know, Jesus is right there in the, in the tabernacle. So you hope when people open up their hearts that God can get his He's foot doing in the door. his thing. Yeah. So this would have been ideal for somebody who's like, um, my kids were raised Catholic. They left the faith mm-hmm. as soon as they were confirmed. And in college, they kind of went off whatever. They're not really practicing anything, but that a mom who is getting her kids back for Thanksgiving dinner can say, hey, come with me to church. We're doing this little food drive. We're going to have this low-key reflection. And I promise you're not going to feel judged or you're not going to feel kind of confused because I know you're not doing the Catholic thing right now. Bingo. Okay. Because that happens all the time at Thanksgiving. Here's how it works, though. Yeah. It only works if people invite, right? If those moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and, and neighbors can invite somebody to this. We always say like, can the church really reach atheists? Well, when you think about the staff of the church or my social media accounts, like, no, probably not. I don't have that reach, but I know who does. It's the church, meaning the people in the pews. Yeah. The church is in the world to be leavened to the world, to raise it up. And, and oftentimes we don't feel equipped to be able to do that. So this thing is only really successful if the people in the pews can wrap their minds around like, oh, I am the advertising. I am the invitation. And so it does a couple things. It's a nice event for our neighbors that maybe aren't Catholic, but then it's also a really empowering event. It's an equipping event for the people in the pews. So what did you do to prepare like your, the people in the pews, like to help them be like, I am the advertising? Right. So obviously, since I got here, we've been talking about the mission of the church is to reach more people. However you want to say it, reach more people for Christ. Reach one more. Reach one more. Just keep saying that over and over. So I've said that in a variety of ways. Never stop saying it. Right. This is why the church exists, to reach more people for Christ. And this is why we come here on Sunday, so that more people can come here on Sunday, so that more people can enjoy the eternal banquet with the Lord. Right. I mean, it's Jesus's personal mission statement. I came to seek and save the lost. And it's, and, and it's the mission he gave us uh, when he left, go and make disciples. You have to, somehow you got to make them and then you got to bring them in and baptize them, blah, 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 right? Matthew 28. So I say that from the very beginning, whether it's a bulletin article or I send out weekly email, which probably gets more reception than, than the bulletin. 
Uh, and then, of course, all my preaching usually will end on a note of, and what would it be like if other people had what we've been invited to today in the mm-hmm. gospel? <laughs> you know, yeah. what would it be like? So to imagine what it would be, what if the whole world, what if our whole neighborhood could experience Jesus or Mary or the sacraments in the way we enjoy them? So it's casting a vision of what if right. uh, in a kind of in a universal way. But like probably a month beforehand, I started teasing it out like, hey, we're going to have this Thanksgiving thing. And so in the communications I have. So as the pastor, I have a voice and hopefully the sheep know my voice. Then I got really specific on uh, a homily about uh, two weeks before. And I made these little invite cards, like postcards that you could put on your fridge that summed it up and also had like, here's the items you could donate. We put those in the pews. And I said at the end of the homily, like, see those postcards? So everything I've been talking about, these are for you to give to someone else. Put it on your fridge. And during that homily, I said, let's just stop and pray for three people that we think the Lord might be inviting us to invite to a deeper encounter with him. Oh, that's awesome. That concrete material, like giving people a handout, that's super key because it's that tangible reminder for them. And it's the tangible ability for them to pass on to someone else. And then I love even better taking it deeper. Not only do they have that tangible thing to remind them and to pass on to other people and to remind that person when they take it, but you called them into a space of prayer so that the Lord could put on their hearts and in their minds, the people he desired them to invite. So how'd it go? Well, turns out we're in a pandemic. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, so that's my first excuse. I have lots of excuses. I would say we had about 60 people show up. Uh, okay. I don't know if we had people there who were outsiders. I yeah, don't know if I was our... going to ask. You don't I... have any idea what your insider to outsider ratio might have been? Don't know. I would yeah. say most of it was insiders. Most of the people were older, except for the women's group the ladies guild who you would think oh that's a bunch of old ladies i'm sorry for the ladies guild people who are listening uh, but usually that's kind of the typical uh, crowd there but our crowd our uh, ladies guild here at st thomas more is is a mixture of older and younger women okay and, and it's called wings women's and god's service and they love to do service projects so it's it's a lot of moms like middle-aged right. moms and they helped you invited them into a particular leadership promotional coordinational role in this right Yes. And they, they really picked up the ball and they chose the charities. They uh, uh, did the greeting. We have a gal that works in the corporate offices for scooters. So we got scooters, cooking coffee and cider. Nice. That was pretty nice. Yeah. I just had to throw the extras out because I kept eating them (laughs) for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, Okay. I mean, it is Thanksgiving weekend. So, okay. So 60 came little disappointing because it felt like it was mostly insiders, or at least it wasn't clear that there were a lot of outsiders. Yeah. How did it feel? Oh, when I saw people praying, going to the depth of gratitude, going into that place, like, so I was given my talk and then there was a certain point where I said, no, let's just take a few deep breaths. And so my musician, who's a, a great guitarist and singer, she sounds like, I'd say like Jewel or Audrey Assad a little bit like so you, I got wow. some real amazing and spiritual talent there so she started strumming the guitar and then we started doing this reflection and it was powerful and then it was and then she just moved into this Audrey Assad song of how God is good God is so so good and 
I have goosebumps recalling it. I remember just praying it and wanting to kind of, you know, wanting to hopefully like the, if there may be the older people there, just getting on my feet and just giving praise to the Lord mm-hmm. uh, for how good he's been to me and to us. So spiritually powerful, maybe even more powerful if we had a few more people there, we probably would have played another song. We were just not ready for that, right? This is so different for us. So you can imagine some 70-year-old ladies like, who's Audrey Saad, right? right. <laughs> Who, yeah. what, is this, what is this stuff that's giving me goosebumps? So what, what kind of feedback did you get? Oh, I had a lady and her daughter. So this is like where a mom and her teenage daughter, she just said to me like, I love this the way you speak to us, the way you talk about the faith, I want more of this and I'll be inviting more friends to this. So that's where I think that's a win. I mean, it sounds awesome. Well, I wish there were more people who said that. I mean, more people, maybe they experienced it, but you know, that was the, I would say your, my target audience would be those, those middle-aged moms. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Who brought her daughter. And I'm assuming part of her gratitude was the effect it had on her daughter. I, I hope so. Yeah. And then, you know, as we were leading up to it, there's another young couple here in the parish. She clearly understood the vision. She had a pile, a handful of these little postcards. And Mm. she was like, I have several people in mind I want to invite. It's like, okay, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. But then, you know, when it got time around Thanksgiving, if you recall, like there was a lot of fear in the world about like COVID. Like we were spiking. My own parish had several COVID funerals here. It probably wasn't the right time for mm. somebody in the pew to say, hey, come come hang out at my super spreader here at my parish. <laughs> right. So you know what? And I would just say, I think you're totally right. I would just add, I think there is like what what you all were trying to do was so new that I, I think, and again, this is based off my experience where people, until they've seen a community pull off an event that really is safe for their non-practicing children and really is comfortable for their unchurched friends and neighbors, they are not willing to risk their relational capital until they're absolutely confident, okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to invite my neighbor or my coworker or my slightly you know, spiritually estranged daughter to come to this event I won't do it until I feel confident that nobody's going to say something and it's not going to feel like something that's going to set them back in their spiritual journey. Right. So I think it takes time for us to establish credibility with our own people that trust us, this event will be safe for those who aren't really passionately into their faith yet. That and just trusting me in general as a new priest here. Sure. Yeah. And the new pastor, I don't know if they've they know my voice very well. Right. Actually, I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time being depressed about it. I mean, I was a little disappointed, but once we got into the prayer part and the Lord was just doing stuff and I did talk to one lady who just said, oh my gosh, that prayer was so powerful. I didn't want it to stop. That sounds like really encouraging feedback. And it sounds like those people, they will come back and they will bring people. Yeah. So right now I think People are still trying to check me out too. It's like any time you present a program or a, a new direction for any organization, mm-hmm. people have to kind of investigate it themselves. They need to do their own research. They're not just going to take my word on it. So let's give some advice here because our goal is that 
the, the vision of this, the, the challenges of this can be an inspiration and encouragement for those who are listening. So I heard a couple of things. If you want to do this, like, okay, you got to cast a really big vision about the church, like rediscovering uh, a calling and a mission to the neighborhood or, or to the, the wider community. Like there has to be a context of that. There has to be very specific preparation so people know what to expect at an event like this. There has to be a very tangible mechanism for people to extend invitations, an email to forward, a postcard to hand to someone else. And one of the other things I heard is there has to be an invitation for the spirit to light up, if you will, those little mechanisms. So all of the conversation about vision, all the tangible cards, when you ask people to just stop and pray and let the Lord put people on their hearts, like mm -hmm. the, the best laid plans and tools don't mean anything if the spirit doesn't inspire it and enliven it. Uh, what else? What would be kind of some practical takeaways that you would offer for those who want to do something similar? I think it's important, whether you're the pastor or whether you're helping the pastor, to keep the heart of a pastor and not a planner. What I mean is, if I don't do it with the identity of a pastor, then it'll just be a project without love, without Jesus. So I think it's important, again, to get away from the idea of just planning events, because I can just lean into things that get, need to get done rather than thinking like, no, this is me shepherding. And then I've got people helping me shepherd and people have a heart of a shepherd, the heart of God, the father, the good shepherd. And rather than just a, a marketing thing, you know, I mean, all, all this stuff's important. It's good to, you know, sharpen your sword there, but that's what separates it from being another secular event to an, an event that helps God's love be glorified. That's beautiful. We hope this is an inspiration, an example of uh, a parish and a group of folks around their pastor trying to take a step out. Like, what does it mean to become a missional community? So if you have questions on this, uh, you can comment on this on the blog, equip.archomaha.org. Thanks for listening. If you find this helpful and uh, you think it would inspire or help someone else, go ahead and share that with a friend. And uh, thanks for being with us. Oh,